Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're thrilled you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series on the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is a letter from the Apostle Paul to his favorite church. Yes, pastors do have favorite churches, and Pastor Paul absolutely loved the believers at Philippi. In most letters, Paul offered lots of course correction. At Philippi, he offered none. Instead, he spoke to them with great affection about their impact and maturity in Christ. No other book in the Bible has more memorable and life-changing verses than Philippians. In this series, Dr. Benji Kelly leads his favorite church through memorizing these power-packed verses and maturing in Christ. How are we doing today, church? We're doing good. Glad you are in the house of the Lord. I want to give a warm shout out, warm welcome to uh, all of you here at Central Campus and all of you at all of the other campuses all over the Carolinas. I want to even give a warm shout out to the core group that is in Nairobi now. Many of you are watching this via the iCampus meeting with Pastors Joshua and Gloria for the New Hope Nairobi campus, which is coming in 2014. And just want to give a warm shout out to all of you over there. Hey, in the last two weeks, I went to the Columbia campus. And uh, why don't we give it up for the Columbia campus? Went over there. It was far better than the Bon Jovi concert. It really, really was. And what you don't know is when I stood up that night to meet the campus for the very first time, wouldn't you know it, they put Bon Jovi on the sound system and rocked it out. Uh, It was awesome. Um, Love what God is doing over there with you guys. Went to the North Raleigh campus last Sunday. Had an incredible day with that campus. Give it up for the North Raleigh campus. And, of course, Garner and Sanford and all that kind of stuff and the NCCIW campus and Internet campus and all of them. But, listen, I do want to just say a quick word about the North Raleigh campus. Um, And hear me out. As you can tell, we are crowded in here. And that's the way it is every Sunday morning. And here's what I want to just encourage you to do. And this is really good for the campuses to hear as well. Because as you keep growing, your campus pastors will need to kind of ask you to go to different worship celebrations. And I need to look at this group and ask you to take out your bulletin. Everybody take out your bulletin. Please, 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 please. Because you need to get that anyway for the teaching notes. Amen? Because you're going to lean in hard today. Amen? Because this message is for you. I can promise you. If you open up your bulletin to the response part, it's the connect card that you'll drop in the uh, offering later. If you look at the response part on this side of your connect card, there is a part right down there at the bottom, right above the prayer requests and praises. And it says this, in order to meet New Hope's vision to reach, teach, and release, I will move to the following worship experience. Here's what I'm asking you to consider. Got everybody's undivided attention? I want to invite you, those of you here at Central, to consider sleeping in. And and that's not a problem. Half of you came in eight minutes late anyway today. You know I love you. And listen, listen, either go to the coffee house worship celebration at 1045, which would give us 
room in this 845 celebration for more people, right? Make the move, go to the coffee house. It, some of you l- would like that better. It's, it's more intimate. It's not as loud. It's just a great, great community upstairs, and it is going great these days. Rowan leads, Pastor Fuller leads, uh, John leads. I mean, it's a great, great environment. So consider that. Or, and here's the key thing, and then we'll move on. Some of you live toward North Raleigh in some sort of capacity. And uh, I was there last week, and I realized, and because there were people from Central that decided to show, try it that day, and I realized, you know what? There are people who are still interested in this campus. It is an incredible campus. Worship is just like this. Student ministry, children's ministry, it's all awesome. There's only one difference at all of our campuses. Only one. And that is that the teaching is via video. And you've, you've experienced that anyway. So just an encouragement for the sake of the vision. To be able to have more empty seats at our worship environments. All the studies show us, and again, this is very, very important for the campuses to hear. All the studies show us in growing churches, once a worship environment moves to around 80% capacity, to the guests, it feels like it's full and there's no room for them. Very, this is about vision, guys. This is about us saying, you know what? We're going to make some adjustments to reach and teach and release <clears throat> more people. Amen? So just pray about that. Think about that. And uh, North Raleigh is awesome. It's on the website. You can find the location or the coffee house. I'm about to choke up here already. It's going to be a good day. Hey, um, um, there, was a, there was a church and the, the choir director. You know, we have a choir here and it's, it's, it's rocking and you'll be seeing them soon. Um, the choir director had this person in the choir that got on everyone's nerves. And besides that, the person couldn't sing. And so the choir director put up with it for about a year and finally went to the, the senior pastor and said, I'm done. I'm done with Jim. If you don't get Jim out of the choir, right, I'm leaving. So the pastor met with Jim. Pastor said, Jim, um, I want to invite you to serve somewhere else in our church. There's, there's clearly another ministry here where you can serve. And Jim said, Pastor, why is that? I love the choir. Why? why? And pastor said, well, at least four people, Jim, have told me you can't sing. Jim said, without missing a beat, he said, Pastor, that's, that's not big. At least 50 people have told me you can't preach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's good to laugh. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, 4, listen in. The Bible says this. There is a time to weep, come on, and a time to laugh. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. The Apostle Paul wraps up this power-packed book in Philippians. And go and open to Philippians 4. He wraps up this book with the underlying theme that runs throughout this entire four-chapter book, which is joy. It's what, church? I've told you over and over this week, this series, that if, if I were to sum up Philippians in one word, it would be joy. It is the foundation of this power packed book, let me. I got a question for you. You guys enjoying the Philippian series? Yeah. Loving this series, man. It's just it's been rocking my world. I can't get out of Philippians. I don't want to leave, and we only got two weeks left. I'm talking about joy today. I'm talking about joy next week because Paul ends this book with the subject matter of joy. This is a deep joy that Paul is talking about. This is not sheer surface happiness. 
And for the people of faith who are in the house today at any of our campuses, listen to me. Did you know that the word joy is found in the Bible 164 times? 164 times in the Bible. I think that's enough to let us know that's a very important biblical theme. Amen? The word rejoice is found in the Bible 191 times. This is an incredible topic, and the point is clear for the people of faith in here today. If you're not a person of faith, I'm so glad you're here. Listen in, because this is one of the things that should attract you to the Christian faith. But the point is clear. People of faith have the ability, if they choose to tap into this ability, to experience authentic joy. Let's pull back a few layers and probe beneath the surface. As we study Philippians 4, because before I start talking to you about joy, what I actually need to do is I need to identify for you the primary culprit that has a tendency to steal our joy. And the culprit, listen, I'm just giving you one because I think it really all moves in this direction. Listen closely. This will set you free. The one culprit that has the greatest tendency to attack your life and steal your joy is worry. It's what church? Worry. It has this tendency, Satan uses it to kill and steal and destroy our abundant lives. It has this tendency to steal joy right out from under us. Let's be honest here. Anxiety addicts abound. They abound in our world. And everything in our world, if you're not careful, will move you in this direction. And listen to me, they abound in this church today. And I don't know about you, but this, one of the reasons why this is such an important topic today is because the holidays are coming. Like, can you believe 2013 is almost over? Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Right? And Christmas is right around the corner. And just me saying those words, I know it conjures up some good emotions for you. But for a lot of you, it conjures up a lot of stress, worry, right? Because that family member that gets on your last nerves is going to be coming to your house. Or you're going to their house. On top of that, you're worried about your house, right? Will it be presentable? On top of that, many of us are worried about, are we going to be able to to get our kids what they need? Many of us are worried about all the Christmas parties. I mean, come on. How many Christmas parties can you attend, right? Worry abounds. And, And this worry is actually a stranglehold on joy. It chokes the joy Right out of you. Many of, many of you are athletic fans, right? You know, and when, when a team is about to win and then they lose it, what do you call it? Choke, right? They choke. The word worry comes from our German word worgen or worgen, right? It means to strangle, it means to choke. Worry actually strangles and chokes out our capacity for joy. 
And Jesus was so brilliant about this because Jesus... Now, before we get to Philippians 4, I want to walk you through a passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus talks about this word worry. I mean, even if you're not a believer, you need to understand Jesus was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And in Mark chapter 4, he talks about this word worry. And the way he does it is that he talks about seed. talks about a farmer sowing seed. And the seed in the parable is the word of God, right? Y'all know this parable? And in Mark chapter 4, Jesus says, Some seed falls among a well-worn path. And because it's a well-worn path, listen, it can't penetrate into the ground. Satan steals the word away, and it does not settle, and it does not bear fruit. You're tracking with me. Say, keep going, Pastor. Then he talks about a rocky place. And same thing, the farmer sows the seed into the rocky place. But because there's all kinds of rocks in the soil, the seed does not penetrate, therefore not bearing any fruit either. And then Jesus says, but some seed fell among a thorny path. And the Bible says this about these strangling thorns. Listen to this. Why don't we read it out loud together? Mark chapter 4, go. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life. Hold on, hold on. I, I know I didn't stop you soon enough. Go back. But the what? But the what at all of our campuses? But the worries of this life, let's continue. The deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and making it what? So Jesus in Mark chapter 4 basically lets us know that worry is the culprit that steals our joy. And the same thing, this German word, worgen, it actually will choke out. Right? Your joy. And here's what's so cool. Because Philippians 4 comes along. And Philippians 4 gives us what I'm going to call today the Philippian. PH stands for Philippian. The Philippian prescription. Write it in. That's a prescription sign. Y'all know I used to be a pharmacy major. For, I'm not kidding. I used to. Some of you think some of you think that's a a, a, a bad joke about previous drug abuse. But no, I really, <laughs> I really. After all of that, after all of that, I was a pharmacy major at the University of South Carolina. So a little shorthand here. I want to talk to you today about how worry. Listen, worry will steal our joy. It will choke it out. It will strangle us. And some of you in here and at all of our campuses are experiencing this right now. And with the holidays coming, this is a great prescription for you to get your mind around. You can either live life and be a worry wart, an anxiety addict, or you can follow the Philippian prescription for joy that Paul gives us as he starts his final chapter in the book of Philippians. Are you ready for it? Here's the key. Listen, 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 listen. Here's the key. Do you realize that as a Christian, there is a sure cure solution to worry? You're like, Pastor, that sounds too good. 
I am here to tell you that God lays out in his word a sure cure solution for worry. I am confident of this, but you have to follow God's stated procedures, God's prescription, if you will, to live a life of joy. Make the choice to live a life of joy and not live the life of worry. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Why don't we do something that we haven't done in a little while? Why don't we stand in honor of God's word? I want it to penetrate so hard into the soil of our hearts today. Philippians 4, verse 1. Actually, verse 4, we're going to read through verse 7, verse 4. Starting in verse 4. Ready? Go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is... The Lord is what? All right, now let's continue. Be anxious for... But in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts... And minds in Christ Jesus. Go back one slide, please. Be anxious for what? Be anxious about your 501k? Be anxious, college student, about your education? Be anxious about, oh my Lord, health care? Right, right, right. Like, I understand, and I live in the same world you do. I understand that there are a lot of things in this life that can cause us to stress. Right? I I, I get that. Natural disasters. We all saw the the typhoon uh, eight eight days ago or so. Right? Talk about that a little bit later. Rumors of wars. Right? Jesus told us both of those would happen. Natural disasters and rumors of wars. Wars in our own family, right? Jesus told us that would happen. Other things that I have no way of knowing that you're dealing with and you have no way of knowing that I'm dealing with, but the reality is that's life and the Bible says be anxious for nothing. So, 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 so say that with me. Be anxious for nothing. Take a deep breath. Say it again. Be anxious for nothing. Maybe just you can you close your eyes. Maybe you got it already in your in your in your memory. Ready? Go. Be anxious for nothing. One more time. Be anxious for nothing. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope of the gospel. Thank you for joy. And for many of us, God, it is that thing that we've experienced from time to time. And it is that thing that we, we desire and we seek after all the days of our lives. But it can be so elusive. So, Father, your church is gathered. They want to hear from you. Speak to us this day. Send us out from this place. As people of joy who have discovered the biblical secret that lies deep in this Philippian text. Let us be people of joy. This we pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. You can be.
seated. Now you might, while I'm talking right now, it's okay, you can multitask. You can leave me for a moment. Take out your teaching notes. And you might, listen, start listing those things that come to your mind right now that cause you worry. Those things that cause you to be anxious. Just write them down. Just just start writing them somewhere on your teaching notes or, or even in your Bible by Philippians 4. What qualifies as worry? Here's, here's a definition for you that I would give you. Worry is anything that drains your tank of joy. Come on now. Worry is anything that drains your tank of joy. Something you cannot change. Something you are not here it is responsible for. I'm not saying today if something's worrying you and you can change it and you are responsible for it, of course you should. But worry is something that drains your tank of joy. Something that, that you are not responsible for. Something that you are unable to control. Something that frightens you. Something that torments you, agitates you, keeps you up at night. All of that now needs to be switched to your prayer list. Where you practice giving that over to God. And following this Philippian prescription for joy. And the very first thing that Paul says in verse 4 And we just read it. Is what? Rejoice. Rejoice. The first thing Paul says in Philippians 4. If you are going to experience this joy. It is to rejoice. And did you notice what he said? Not just talking about just flippant rejoicing. Rejoice in what? Rejoice in the Lord. Write it in your teaching notes. The word says the Philippian prescription for joy is to first learn to rejoice in the fact, listen, that God has poured out his love on us in Jesus Christ. Now, for some of you, that's old news. And what I would say to you today is that's the problem. You've allowed it to become old news. One of the secrets of experiencing authentic joy for the long haul is to keep the salvation gospel story of Jesus Christ fresh and alive in your life. It's to actually wake up and develop a habit, a maturity habit of actually reflecting on, celebrating, and rejoicing in the fact, listen, that the God of the universe loved you enough to send Jesus Shed his blood for you on a blood-stained cross. Was dead. And the Father raised him to life. And because the Father raised him to life, we have abundant life. Not only here, but we have abundant life later. Absolutely. That is something to celebrate. But the problem is, some of us become a Christian and... Wait, time out. This is not in my notes, but I just feel like say. Remember what it was like when you first became a Christian? I just saw smiles come across your face. Remember what it was like? Remember the joy? Remember experiencing for the first time that your sins, oh my Lord, were forgiven. And that God, the God of the universe, loved you. And that the God of the universe had a purpose for your life. 
What happens is when we move away from the salvation experience, the good news becomes old news and we forget how awesome it is. And the mature believers that have figured this out and learned how to tap into authentic joy all the days of their lives, they become masters, listen to me, at reminding themselves daily that I am a child of God. I am a born-again believer. My sins have been cleansed and washed I'm talking to some people up in here. My sins have been cleansed and washed away. That my name, come on now, think about this. My name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. And that when I die, come hell or high water, it doesn't matter. I'm going to a place called heaven. Now... rejoice in that that you should never get old can i get an amen now lady i'm gonna give you a powerful verse listen i'm gonna give you a powerful verse that maybe you've never heard of it it's from psalm 16 write this in psalm 16 8 gets to this reality that i'm talking about i keep my eyes always on the lord when do i keep my eyes always on the lord with him at my right hand I will not be shaken. See that nugget? Hidden all the way back in the book of Psalms. That's what Paul would say is the way in which you rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Right? I, I develop the maturity and the habit and the ability to keep the Lord. My eyes always on the Lord. Always on the gospel. And as a result, listen, I'll not be shaken. By the things of this world. Come on, Isaiah 61.10. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, go. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of... Arrayed me in a robe. Come on now. That's good news. My soul will rejoice in a God who has clothed me in the garments of what? Salvation and arrayed me in a robe of what? Righteousness. Solomon would put it like this. The wisest human being to ever walk the planet earth said this. A cheerful heart has a what? Continual feast. You can have a cheerful heart. You can say no to worry. I'm not going to go the way of the world. I'm not going to be a worry ward. I'm not going to have anxiety in my life. I am going to learn to rejoice in the Lord my God. And there are many ways to do that. I don't have time to unpack them, but I'll tell you this. One of the ways to do it is to memorize Scripture, and we've been talking about that. You memorize Scripture, Scripture comes to your mind throughout the day, right? You're in the Word every day, and you're praying, and and these things come to your mind, and and your salvation stays fresh in your life. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. Second Philippian prescription for joy. Joy. Relax. <laughs> some of you are just too high strung. Some of you some of you are just too stiff, man. Some of you look like you starch your underwear. You gotta learn to relax. And I don't mean by this, see, I don't mean pop a few volumes. I don't mean drink, okay? 
I don't mean be on the forefront of legalizing marijuana. No, it's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Right? I'm talking about the ability to learn how to relax in his protection. Write it in. Relax in his protection. And I just want to be honest with you today. This is a big growth edge for me. Like, I love to relax, but guess what? I love to relax on my terms. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're like me. But I love to relax, but I also love to not relax. You know, you're probably not, a, probably not news to you, but I'm a pretty driven kind of guy, right? I can be a little intense, right? And when I want to be intense, and I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with being intense and, and, and attacking things in life, but when I'm in that mode, the last thing I want is for somebody to tell me to relax. Like my kids know, and they've said it to me before. They said, relax, Dad. Oh, don't tell me to relax. You know, right? Right. One, one time somebody said to me, take a chill pill. Don't you think if I'd want to chill, I'd take a chill pill? I'll tell you what you can do with your chill pill. Right? There are times when I don't want to relax, and that's not the kind of relaxing that I'm talking about. I'm actually, there's a deeper spiritual truth in the word today that teaches us, Paul teaches us how to relax in his protection. And some of you are like, but where do you see that in the text? I'm so glad you asked. Look at Philippians 4, 5. You'll, you'll run right over this if you're, not, if you're not careful. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men... The Lord is what? Let your forbearing spirit... Now stick with me here for a moment. This is a great thing to write down in your, in your teaching notes or in the margins of your Bible. Forbearing spirit means gentleness. Forbearing spirit means an easy spirit, right? So the next time you start to get all carried away with worry... The Bible says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't let the enemy come in and steal your joy with worry. Instead, learn to relax in God's presence. Learn to have a forbearing spirit. Learn to have a gentle spirit. Learn to take it easy. Learn to realize that, listen, the God of the universe has your back. On this side of eternity or on the other side of eternity, the God of the universe has your back. So there are times when we do need to lighten up. There are times when I do need to relax. There are times when I do need to take a chill pill. Right? Let me just be specific as possible here. When worry starts to set in, you have to choose to relax. You have to choose to relax in the all-powerful, never-ending protection of God. When worry knocks, you have to choose to let faith answer the door. Hello now. You have to develop the habit, the maturity, the scriptural memorization, if you will. When worry, when stress, when anxiety knocks, let faith. Let faith. Answer the door. Notice this is just not a, you know, don't worry, be happy. Notice I said relax in his protection. When the world is caving in around you, hear me out, church. You can learn to relax in the protection of a God who loves you. 
A God who protects you. Listen to this. A God who is always with you. Most of us think of the Great Commission and we think of the words, Jesus says, go into all the world, right? We know that scripture. Go into all the world, make what? Disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We know that, right? Teaching them to, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. But there's that last part. And if you really read the, the narrative of the gospel, the case can be made. These are the last words that Jesus spoke in Matthew 28 20. After that, going to all the world, he says this. And remember, I am with you. What? Until when? To the very end of it all. I am with you. So even when it doesn't feel like he is with us, faith declares, I know my God is with me. When I don't feel his presence, guess what? The problem is not God's not with me. The problem is me. So I learned to relax in that reality. The early Native Americans had this incredible way. I love this story. They had this incredible way of training their young braves, if you will. And it it would go down like this. When a young boy would turn 13 years old... They would have a celebration. You know, 13 is kind of a very important uh, era, if you will, for a young boy stepping into. And the early Native Americans, when a boy would turn 13 years old, they would blindfold him. And they would carry him out miles and miles and miles away from where they stayed, where they lived, where that young boy had grown up. They would put him in a dense forest... Where as a part of maturity, if you will, part of graduating into adulthood, the young boy would stay out in that dense forest the entire night, blindfolded. Now, can you imagine how frightening it would be when you heard twigs breaking or the sound of animals or birds? And the boy, shaking and scared, I would imagine would endure that long night until the sun came up. And when the sun came up, the boy was told that he could take off the blindfold, at which time he would take off the blindfold and look around only to find that his dad was just a few feet away with a bow and arrow ready to protect his son. I love that story. Because it reminds us, listen, that when we're scared, when we don't know what is up, when we don't know what is coming at us, it reminds us that our God is always with us. Can I get an amen? The way to eradicate worry in your life, beloved, is to develop a keen sense of his presence, his never-ending presence, and relax in his protection. There's one more thing Paul would say to us in this Philippian prescription for joy. I think I just heard somebody at Central Campus say it before I wrote it. Rest in his peace. Did you catch verse 7 of Philippians 4? Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Go. And the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding will... The peace will do what? Guard. Now here's another very important nugget in the scripture. If you're a note taker, you do not want to miss this. When the Bible says God's peace will guard your heart and your minds in Christ, the Bible mentions peace, listen, as a guard. Any military people in the house, we thank God for you. Can I get an amen, church? Listen to this. The word of the Lord uses a military term. That connotes, if you will, marching duty around something valuable and strategic. So when the Bible says God's peace will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ, this is so cool. It says that as we learn to rest our case, we transfer our troubles to God. As we learn to do that, listen, God commands a corporal peace. Demands this corporal peace, the duty of marching around our minds and our emotions, calming us from within. There's a military language here. It's a command. When that son, when that daughter learns to rest in my peace, The Bible is saying that God commands the Holy Spirit to come in around you and guard you like a corporal duty, if you will, to give you peace. This is is that peace that some of you here, Christians, or maybe you say, this is that peace that the Bible talks about passes all understanding. This is that peace that you see in some women and men that when the world is caving in around them, they get more and more peaceful. Have you noticed that great women and men are like that? Have you noticed that the greatest leaders are those that when all hell is breaking loose, they're the most calm. They have the greatest peace. told you we would talk a little bit about the typhoon. The typhoon hit the Philippines. Eight days ago, it swamped the Philippines. I'm sure you've seen the images. The Filipinos have been without electricity and shelter for more than a week since this super typhoon wrecked these islands, causing homes to splinter, prompting the military to rescue maneuvers. And it's been a bad, bad week. And by the way, if you're interested in in like helping with that, there's a note in your bulletin. There's a way to do that as our church responds. One of the images that caught my mind this week was the image of a statue. This typhoon caused so much destruction that you can go to any of the villages in this area and they're just wiped out. But there was one particular village... They had a statue of Jesus. Maybe you saw this. And and, and it was on the internet this week and on the news this week. Let me show you a picture of this. The village is just ransacked behind. But there's this statue of Jesus. Tall statue. That in the midst of, I think if I recall correctly, 200 plus mile an hour winds. Landed upon the Philippines. And Jesus statue 
unscathed in the midst of it all. See, I think if we have eyes of faith, we start to see things from God's perspective. I just can't help but believe that God allowed that statue to stay erected to remind us that, listen, in the midst of hell breaking out in the Philippines, if you will trust in me, I am not destroyed. I am not destructed. I am, listen, here it is. I am the God of peace in the midst of... Of your greatest storm. Listen to me church. Peace. Is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of God. And many of you are here. And life is so disappointing for you. Because you've been told a lie. That peace comes as a result of no trouble. You've been told a lie somewhere along the way that if you put your faith and your hope in God, life is just going to become one nice, you know, walk through the roses, if you will. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. This is a peace that passes all understanding. This is a big one. Our culture is a culture struggling with the epidemic of chaos. Come on now. And many of you are here and you, you might need to hear this today. You know, you can become addicted to chaos. You ever known anybody? They're just addicted to, to, to anxiety. They're addicted to chaos. They, they, they don't feel normal unless they're wigging out over something. Right? The Philippian prescription for joy comes along and says, No, 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 no. What you need to do is you need to learn to rejoice. In the Lord. Relax. In his protection. Rest. In his peace. Reminded of the story of a man who was staying up late at night worrying about everything. Could not, could not stop worrying. Could not sleep. Some of you are like that, right? I've been there. I know exactly what it's like. And this guy was a believer though. He had walked with God for a long time. But he had slipped into worry. And you can slip into that. But he was a believer. And he, he, he knew God and walked with God. But he still slipped into worry. He was letting the enemy steal his joy. And as he was up one night. Laid in bed. Could not sleep. It was as if he heard the still small voice say. Listen. Why don't you go on to bed? Why don't you go on to sleep? Let me handle this. I've still got the whole world. In the palm of my hands. This is what God desires for you, New Hope Church. God would desire for you to live an authentic life of joy. Maturity comes in the believer when he or she remembers that God, listen to me, still holds the world in the palm of his hand. So, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Relax. Relax in what? His protection. Learn to rest in the peace of knowing that regardless of how bad life gets, God has my back. And if I know Christ and walk with him, eternity is secure and the best, listen, is always yet to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a strong amen?
pray with me. Father, thank you for your people who always so enthusiastically receive your word. God bless them. God bless me. God, we want to be a people who get this right. And Lord, when worry raises its ugly head, we want you to know that we are going to yield to this word in Philippians 4. We are going to rejoice in you. God, we want to relax. You got this. You got it. Either on this side of eternity or on the other side, you have it all covered. And God, as this world grows more and more chaotic, would you let us be a people who rest in your peace? Let this church always be a church of authentic joy. Not because life is easy, not because we have it all figured out, but because we know a great God who has fought for us. We know a great God who has bore the price of our sin debt on a cross. We know a great God who commands a corporal duty to surround our hearts and our minds and our lives with peace. So we rejoice. We rejoice in you, Lord. And we thank you for joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.